My name is Colin. My name is Ava Maria. And welcome to the Environmental and Agriculture Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Environment and Agriculture Podcast. So today, Ava and I have a great conversation for you talking about the importance of water conservation and forestry management and why those actions are important to maintain both agriculture and consumer sides of the issue. So Ava, take us away. What is some of the science behind water conservation? Why is it so important? Well, water conservation helps us within the biology field because, well, to start it off very simple, we as human beings need water to help regulate our body, literally. literally. Um, our cells <laughs> need it. Um, our bo- in general, like our body just in total needs it because we have to regulate our body temperature. We have to digest food. We have to fight illnesses. So like without water being kind of like that fuel, because we are like 70% water, if you think about it, common sense, being dehydrated is not good or even being poisoned by unclean water is not good. Too many toxins with toxins, but then water um, just basically makes us more prone to diseases illnesses, which is not good, especially during our times of a pandemic. And we won't be able to function properly in general. And like for crops too, it's hard to like, you point at the source of water, like runoff and where this water pollution is coming from. But like the Natural Resources Defense Council, NRDC, said like most of it's coming from pesticides and fertilizers <laughs> um, leaching from fields and landfills. And that gets into groundwater, which like 40% of Americans drink from groundwater. <laughs> so that's a lot of people. Yeah. But like the fact of the matter is we can't we can't eliminate those things from ag yet. The pesticides and the fertilizer, they can't quite leave yet. Yet we need to finish. We need to figure out a way to stop poisoning people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we mentioned some of the issues that come about from like water pollution. We just barely touched on it. What are some illnesses? What's some side effects? of water pollution that we have on humans. All right. Well, specifically on humans, according to The Lancet, which is from 2015, some of like the hum- human illnesses, specifically for us people that we don't want to get but could get if we have water that is polluted is like skin rashes, which is not fun. I've had that as a kid. I don't want to ever get that again. We got pink <laughs> eye. Yeah, exactly. It's not fun. We got pink eye. We got respiratory infections and hepatitis from like sewage it's not fun that's some of the illnesses that are found and that's the same thing that happened in flint michigan right like similar things happen to the people there oh yes yes um definitely okay so then like obviously like we all care for our own health and our own sake but then what like what about what does that have on nature like what's the effect on animals um like, is there anything significant from runoff there? Oh, yes, of course. Animals are affected, too. So it's not just us humans. And to specifically mention what um, exactly affects animals at, as a result of the agriculture runoffs is we have algae blooms because of the amount of nutrients that's within the runoffs that goes into the bodies of water. There's going to be an abundance of nutrients within that surface. And then when you add the sun, and then you have a nice little work called photosynthesis where... That's basically how algae or any kind of plant grows. You're going to have this huge algae bloom. And it's it sounds interesting at first, but it's actually really bad for the marine life or animals because it creates these dead zones. And that means that the body of water is being stolen. The algae is actually stealing oxygen from 
the bodies of water because they have oxygen, which ends up killing mainly the marine life or even freshwater life, like the fish that most people try to fish, and then whales, sea turtles, and don't have time for it now. But I did do a research that new species of algae as a result of runoffs is being developed. There's this thing called red ties. You should totally look it up. It causes brain damage to sharks and sea turtles, so it literally fries their brains. It's it's not really nice to think about, but is that a is that a like Gulf of yes, Mexico thing? Definitely. Like, because I know that's the big desert. Mm-hmm. Definitely okay. from Gulf of Mexico, and even some research now is saying that it's potentially now reaching the Great Lakes. Okay. Okay. Colin, since I already mentioned some of that, I would like to know from your perspective, since you have excellent knowledge within the ag field, how can you... Thank you so much. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Of course. So how can we solve the root of this issue when it comes to water pollution and like even this whole idea of water conservation? I think, especially from an ag point of view, like the issue and the solution are pretty simple. Like the issue is that we're overusing chemicals. We are overusing pesticides. We're overusing this fertilizer in places that we don't need it. So even though we do need it for the crops, we're using too much in one spot, not enough in the other. Um, and we just need to practice. We need to start using technology to uh, file in and dial in on some of that stuff. So one practice um, that's come into play, especially with new technology on the rise, is a variable rate technology, precision agriculture. So that um, it would go analyze the field on like a micro basis and then the spots that need a little bit more, whether it be like the top of the hill, it'll inject more fertilizer, um, it'll add more pesticide there. And then when we get to the valley, stuff that will run off into, we're not going to add very much there because from the top, it'll run on down um, and hit those plants. So then it'll help save the farmer money, um, spending less in those areas while also helping the environment. We're putting it in the right place. so then help, hopefully preventing runoff. There's also ideas of injecting that fertilizer into the soil. So it's not just up in the air, it can't, and other forms of pollution, um, but it's actually closer to the root, easier to the root absorb. And there's also biotechnology. I mean, we can always talk about that all the time. Uh, you enjoy your science side, talking about <laughs> plants earlier. Biotechnology is working right now, um, trying to find ways that we can help plants grow without needing as many of the pesticides as much fertilizer, just helping them grow naturally. So then farmers can spend less on that and more trying to uh, like grow better plants. Totally makes sense. That sounds like a lot, but honestly, I feel like just taking that approach is very important, especially now when it's very crucial. Mm -hmm. And especially now, like there's so much conflict going on, like, okay, let's talk about California for a minute and the wildfires there, just like transitioning hard, like, High populations, California. We've had the wildfires over there. Like, David, like, tell me why? Why should everyday people care about forestry? Right? Because they're just a bunch of big dumb trees. Dumb trees. I don't know. Why people? (laughs) (laughs) Why should we care about trees? Well, we. On a serious note, we we should care about trees because uh, breathing is pretty cool. (laughs) And having clean air is even cooler for the lungs because, you know, without oxygen, you kind of die. And I don't really consider that cool at all. I really don't. Dying's not cool. I want to live a long time. So basically what I'm trying to say 
is that trees allow clean air. And like I mentioned with photosynthesis, not only during the process of photosynthesis is energy and all that for the plants to be able to grow is being made, we're also taking in carbon and other kind of toxins and, well, not we, trees are, and they're kind of filtering it. So it's kind of like a filter for air and they're basically putting back clean air into our atmosphere, making it easier for us humans to breathe. And it's probably critical, especially like at high, like the wildfires right now are in California, right? That's a high population dense area. So then why is it important that like we keep forests around urban areas? Why do we incorporate that around? Why not just get rid of like trees near urban areas altogether? Honestly, well, little do you know, I am from Chicago. I am in the urban life, <laughs> city life, 100% city girl. It's true, but I honestly find it important that areas like Chicago, California, the urban areas need the trees because we are pretty known for having polluted air. Our air is not that clean. You can even see it um, when snow comes down here. It turns to gray right away, and that's a big indicator that uh, your air is pretty polluted. And it's very concerning for me because... With cities, we have a lot of people that are condensed in there. They have their children trying to go to parks or just going out in general. So, like, we're literally breathing in that dirty air. I would feel a bit safer knowing that there's trees around the neighborhood or the cities or whatever that's not going to, like, obviously cause accidents or anything, but at least filter out that air because there's a lot of cars, buses, trains, all that kind of transportation current, and industries also factories around the cities, those were pretty common too, but all of that just putting more car carbon into the atmosphere, causing our air to get dirtier. So I, as I said before, feel a lot better personally, and I hope other city people realize that having some kind of filter to clean that out, that way we don't develop lung cancer, sicknesses, and stuff like that can be like prevented if we have trees around. So save the trees in my opinion. <laughs> And I think, like, you bring up a great point because it was in, like, total aspect, like, we need trees near urban areas. Why, like, why cut down trees in those areas? And I think that's what happened in California. And especially with their forestry conservancy laws, like, a lot of it, uh, like, what happened was we just became too dense worth of, like, of trees. I think at one point, one statistic I heard from the U.S. Department of Interior, they were like 600 trees per acre in California, or like it used to be like 60 trees per acre and 600 trees per acre um, from what it used to be to 60. So like they have too many trees in the area. It created too much, um, like the forest density was so together that once one caught on fire, these fires were able to get like out of yeah. line, right? And I think especially from like my point of view, it looks like they've been getting bigger and hotter, especially over the years. Um, and then like we talked about earlier, then our water supply starts hurting because they're filter for a lot of things. You mentioned air, water is another one of them, but then especially in California with water shortages, um, like then it becomes, they don't, there's not enough water to help the rest of the trees grow up to full size. So then we have a bunch of baby trees that don't filter yeah, air, right? Correct. So then like, what about like so if we want to go and we want to like cut down trees in those areas to help like one of the big ways to solve it 
is cutting that stocking density down from 600 to 60 um, to reduce the amount of fuel for it. Like, what do you, like, what should people do then to go interact with nature and like make sure that those projects don't happen in vain? I think a simple way that people can support, I guess, having trees still be there and not be torn down a lot is going to nature preserves or forest preserves or promoting that business where you can go to like these national parks and stuff because it'll show that people actually do care about these sceneries and people actually do go there. So when there's like activity and people actually like taking the time to enjoy the nature or just being there shows that, hey, like there's people here that care. Why are we going to take that down because they want to please the customers or they want to please the people? And then another way that I feel like would also be good if they want to take more of a complex step or not even a complex step, more of a step to action. Um, they can support mm -hmm. conservation programs that allow tree planting to happen when certain areas, mainly like the urban areas or even some rural areas too, dependent on the organization on how to like replant trees and get trees back. Like I supported um, a conservation group called Open Lands and they focused on bringing trees back in Chicago because we saw a severe decline of trees. So it's a free program that I was gonna join or the pandemic happened, but we would basically go throughout neighborhoods seeing who would want a tree and then we would actually go and plant the tree. So stuff like that is nice, but we also need to put into consideration not to overpopulate um, certain areas with trees because there is that sweet balance we would have to find between having too many trees but also not enough because we need just enough or at least a decent amount to make sure that our air is going to be filtered and cleaned out and also allow other organisms to live within certain forests and all that. And I think when you talk about your, the group that you're a part of, like it targets exactly what the issue is. Like this, we had plenty of trees. We've had more trees since we did at the turn of the century, um, but they're not in the right area. When our stocking densities in California are up like 600 per acre. Um, that's what caused the fires in California, uh, destroyed homes, killed too many people. And we can't let that happen. But if we can spread that stocking density out, not like make sure we have the proper amount in our forest for people to go enjoy, like you said, but then also be able to like get trees in Chicago, the St. Louis's, our urban areas. So spreading that, spreading out our stocking density a little bit, keeping that like good yeah. high number, hopefully. Um, but not high enough to where we hurt the environment. I, I think that's absolutely Yeah, amazing. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, all, it's all about that balance of knowing where to do it at the right place at the right time. If we just do it carelessly without thinking, that's how, like you said, wildfires are going to happen or severe air pollution is going to happen. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check out ways that you can help support former, farmers in agriculture, but also help out the environment. So... Oh, plant a freaking tree. We'll see you guys later.